Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Good morning and welcome. This is our fourth Sunday morning, looking at 40 days of prayer. So many of you will have seen the series uh, so far and have carried out the midweek sessions in your workbooks. What you should have uh, is downloaded uh, the Praying in Five Dimensions leaflet, which actually has the areas for you to fill in as we roll through. And what should happen now is that the slides will come up automatically as I'm talking, so you can see the scriptures and the headlines for you to fill in. So our 40 days of prayer season has come to a place of praying in five dimensions. And this morning, what that's going to look at is part one is looking at a part as a multi-dimensional God, who is our God and all the wonderful attributes that he has. And then part two will be the five separate dimensional prayer pieces that we're going to run through together. So we're starting off with uh, God is a multi-dimensional God. And that's the first line on your leaflets to fill in. Our God is a multi-dimensional God. What does that mean? Well, actually, first of all, let's have a look at those five dimensions that uh, we're going to be looking at later on in the context of uh, the world that we live in. So if we're having a look at one-dimensional pieces, what does that mean in this world? Well, if you've got a piece of paper and you drew a straight line on that piece of paper, we've got a one-dimensional one-dimensional uh, line there. That That's it. Um, we could go into the science of it and say, well, how thick is that line? But uh, if you're having a look at a piece of paper and you start drawing more lines on that piece of paper, what we will come to is maybe a drawing. And depending on what sort of gifting and skills you've got artistic-wise, you might be able to create such a wonderful drawing or painting, etc., illustration, that starts looking real. And it looks so real that you feel that you could reach out and touch and reach into that drawing. But of course you can't. The reason you can't is because it's two dimensional. There's no depth to it. It has height and it has width, but no depth. So when we're having a look at two dimensional things, very flat, very flat pictures, that sort of thing, help us to understand two dimensions. Three dimensions, third dimension, what does that mean? Well, actually, if you're sitting at home this morning and uh, before you uh, you logged in, you might have got yourself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or whatever, and uh, the cup, the mug, or whatever it is that's on the table or in your hand at the moment has three dimensions. It has height, has width, has depth. Your car has height, width, depth. The seat that you're sitting on has three dimensions, or you'd be sitting on the floor and it'd be flat. What we've got to think about in this context is three-dimensional things. The Earth is three-dimensional. It's it's a globe, but it has height, depth, and width. And when we're having a look at the universe, height, depth, and width. And sometimes when we're trying to measure the vastness of God's creation, we're trying to see how far away 
um, a star might be, uh, we use another thing to help us. And this takes us into the fourth dimension, really. The fourth dimension usually relates to the three-dimensional object and time. So if I was to throw a ball to you at the moment, I can't because we're on screens, but I was throwing a ball to you at the moment, or a chucky egg or something like that, the amount of time that it takes for that ball or that egg to travel. In the same way, how long does light take to come from a star, the nearest star, to Earth? And that's usually measured in light years. So even distance can be relative to time. And usually when people are talking about fourth dimensional things, they make it relevant to time. And that brings us to our fifth dimension. And when we're having a look at fifth dimension, really we're talking about things that are not limited to either of the first four. So what isn't limited to physical being? What isn't limited to time? Spiritual things, God, meaning God is the only one really that's and not limited to time, but spiritual things are not limited to physical realities. So if we're having a look at a fifth dimension, we're talking about spiritual things. And when we're talking about God, we're talking about limitless spiritual things, limitless physical things, because God declares himself to be everywhere. He holds all things together and all things are held together by him, for him. In fact, he created all of creation. And at a point in time, actually outside of time, before time and creation began, God planned that you and I would be here this morning. He planned that I'd be doing this talk and you'd be sitting listening. And he knew this was going to happen. And he put in place things for your good and my God, because good, because he's our heavenly father. He's put these things in place so that we would know who he is. And when we pray to him that actually he is limitless in his resources to bless us and meet our needs. So let's have a little bit more look, a little closer look at God in how he is multidimensional. So we see he's multidimensional in God's creation. Romans 1.20 says this, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen in what has been made so that men are without excuses. Wow. What's it saying? Well, if you are a human being today and you look at the world around you, it's impossible to deny someone designed it, someone created it. Whether you're looking at newborn babies, whether you're having a look at the latest thing that's on the news that's uh, going on with, uh, if you've ever watched One Born Every Minute, or if you've watched the latest uh, nature program with pups being born, uh, when you're looking outside and seeing the buds coming forth in the springtime, uh, if you're looking at the beauty in the clouds and the scenery around you and the complexity of it, God declares that he has portrayed himself in creation so that all mankind 
have no excuse. They make up stories about how it was all an accident, how we can put the world together by accident. The complexity, the diversity, um, it's one of those things that scientists do get confounded about. And many have come to know God when they try to unravel his creation. So creation has been made and put together by our multi-dimensional God. There is nowhere and nothing that he hasn't been involved in. In fact, Job uh, 11 verses 7 to 9 says this, Can you fathom the limits and bounds of the greatness and power of God? The sky is no limit for God, but it lies beyond your reach. God knows the world of the dead, but you do not know it. God's greatness is broader than the earth and wider than the sea. Not just his knowledge, but his person. He is there. Wherever you would go, he is there. When we pass on from this life, he is there. Before we were born, he was there and knew us in the knitting together of our mother's wombs. Wherever we might think to hide, God is there. Where can we go that he is not? There is nowhere. There is nowhere. John 1 verse 14. We see God in Jesus' incarnation. So um, I put a picture of a baby there. And uh, 1 John 14. The world became a human being. The world became a human being and lived among us. We saw his glory and he was full of grace and truth. We see in Jesus' incarnation. Here is the picture of God. Here is the picture of God. He was in creation. He was in creation because he made it. The word went forth and the world was created. All things were made through him, by him, Nothing that was made was made. Without him, nothing was made. It was a glorious, glorious outworking. The word of God, Jesus Christ, when he was a living word, part with one with the Father and the Holy Spirit and the word of God, which is Christ, together at creation, making all things and bringing all things together. Here was the outworking of a plan to save you and I, that God came to earth to live in Mary's womb as an embryo coming forth to being a baby born into a sinful world, growing up into an adult man, truly, truly man, and yet still truly, truly God. We see it in incarnation. This is where God and man, the bridge was made. God becoming flesh, God becoming human. Multi-dimensional, just not physical, truly God too. In Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I can't say I'm like that. I've aged over the years. 
And uh, I don't know any human being that's like that. I don't know any part of the world or creation that is like that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. His character is perfect. His character is built into God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. In Revelation verse uh, 1, verse 4, says, Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. This is a God who is outside of time. So here's Jesus being portrayed as someone who was, someone who is, and someone who is to come. This is the reality of our multidimensional God. We see it in how the Holy Spirit moves. In John 3, verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you don't know where the wind comes from or where it's going. It's the same way with everyone born of the Holy Spirit. What an exciting adventure! If we are full of the Spirit of God, then... His leading is wonderful. I don't know what he's going to say next. I don't know what, well, the one thing I do know about what he's going to say next, and the one thing I do know about what he'll do next, is that it'll always be in line with the word, and it'll always be in line with the Father's heart. It'll always be in line with his outpouring of love and life for us. But I don't know where he's going to lead next. I don't know what he's going to do next. He's God and he's limitless and he can do absolutely anything if we cooperate with him. If we're in tune with him, who knows what thing he's going to ask us to be involved in next. And that's the exciting adventure. And we'll come to that in our praying in five dimensions. In Job, It actually says in uh, Job 9, verse 10 and 11, he does wonders that cannot be understood. He does so many miracles they cannot be counted. And when he passes me, I can't see him. And when he goes by me, I don't recognize him. He is spirit and he goes where he wills. He's everywhere all the time. He's in you now. But he's also in me. Well, completely. Yes, completely in me and yet everywhere. The multidimensional God can be 100% in you and 100% in me. He's not limited by our four dimensions. Time, height, width, depth. No, he's there completely all the time in the midst of our lives. And he does miracles left, right and centre. How many of you know of some of the miracles that the Holy Spirit has achieved in your life and done for you? How glorious it is to hear stories of people being healed and the, and the doctors scratching their heads about, don't know how. Don't know how. They talk about a bit praying and we've known it's happened before. But miracles happen. Why? Because our God is multidimensional. He can do whatever he pleases to do. And he pleases to answer our prayers. The Father set up the chain effect that he wants to and desires to answers our prayers. So the Holy Spirit is multidimensional. And because he's multidimensional, I'm never alone. And you'll see that on your worksheets. In fact, in Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12, where could I go to escape from you? Where could I ever get away from your presence? If I went up to the heavens, you'd be there. 
If I lay down in the world of the dead, you'd be there. If I flew way beyond the east or lived in the furthest places of the west, you'd be there with me. In fact, I can't go anywhere where he isn't. And that is so reassuring to understand the multidimensional of God. That's why we're here looking at these things before we start to pray. Because when I'm praying about things that happened yesterday or things that are going to happen tomorrow or things that I need done today or things that need to be met across the other side of the world or whatever it is I'm praying for, I need to know who it is I'm praying to. I'm praying to a God who is multidimensional, that is everywhere all the time and is able to do all things. Why? Because this is his creation. And when he wants to make something, and if he wants to do something, there is absolutely nothing that can stop him. How glorious to know that we work with the DIY expert of the universe. He created all of it and can do all things when he wants to. So we're going to have a look at now the next um, part of our morning together. And it has a look at praying in five dimensions. And we're going to start off by, with number one, by understanding that we look backwards to the cross. So 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19, God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So looking back to the cross, um, here's our first piece of dimension. We're looking backwards in time. We're looking backwards in time to all that God did on the cross for us. And this is where it leads me to, wow, wow, Father, Dad in heaven, look what you did for me. The cross where your sinless son was nailed to pay for my sin. The perfect, glorious, living Christ, the living word of God, nailed to a cross, hung out and took all my sin, took all your sin, so that my slate could be wiped clean so that the Father in heaven could have a loving relationship with a multitude of children because he loves us. The complete work of the cross. The cross reminds me of three things. How deeply God loves me. Wow, how deeply God loves me. To do that, we might, we might on a good day, and some of you are extremely caring men and women, boys and girls. But on a good day, we'll go and knock on next doors. We will give them some toilet paper that we've got spare. We will give them something from our Lord. We'll give them love. But God's love is so much deeper, so much more generous gracious, holy, righteous. 
He loved me so much, he came from heaven to earth to die for me. The other thing that it reminds me of is how costly evil and sin is. Um, the reason I put the hand with the nail in it as a picture on your slide uh, is because uh, one of the things that helped me uh, when I was doing some of the sanctification pieces that uh, I, I did earlier this year was just to remember the price of sin. We all sin. We continue to sin. We're still not fixed yet. We haven't sorted our lives out yet. So sin still happens in our lives. And that sin is paid for at the cross. Jesus is just another Another piece of pain for Jesus on the cross. And he went to the cross for the joy set before him to know me, to know you. But the cost of evil and sin in this world is the death of my Saviour. And then how completely am I forgiven? What a joy it is to know and the security of knowing that I'm forgiven at the cross. It just fills me with joy. It fills me with overflowing confidence that Jesus loves me so much <laughs> that he just went to the cross, that I'm so completely forgiven. There is nothing that he missed out. He knew it all. He didn't just know what I've done in the past or what I've done up to today. He knows all that's gone before, going on ahead of me to my death and everybody's death to the end of time. He paid the price for all and it is a complete work. So when we're having a look, step one is looking back at the cross and step two is looking up to my father in heaven. Here's my father in heaven. How wonderful is he? It's just a joy to know him. But this is one of those parts of this exercise that has just blessed me abundantly. And I hope it will bless you too. Number, number two, I look up to my father's loving face. In Romans 8 verses 15 to 17, it says the spirit you receive does not make you a slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought you about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry Abba Father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory this was that peace Jesus teaches again and again. If you did your, your, your midweek session, um, starting off with the Lord's Prayer, then you will have been blessed as I was about Father, our Father who are in heaven. And Jesus, uh, in, in the midst of uh, his teaching on earth, just continually pours out this idea and concept that our Father in heaven doesn't want to be Lord, Lord, doesn't want to be almighty living God or any other amazing truth that you might declare. The relationship he wants with me and he wants with you is one of children coming to him saying, Dad. In fact, Abba Father is Daddy. 
And that was a bit of a challenge over these weeks, getting my language right. And the language that I'm using now, dad, dad, daddy, dad, is just so wonderful and liberating because I've come to know him in a more intimate way. The language that we use and how we see God just massively impacts our heart and also the expectation of what he might do for us my daddy in heaven what's it like when children come running to you and say daddy granddad oh it's just wonderful when children come to you what would you give them because your love for them is flowing out of their dependence on you their intimacy for you their tenderness towards you what wonderful things would you not hold, what would you hold back from them? And our dad, our dad in heaven, and that's really what this is saying. And this is what Jesus taught us to do. You might feel uncomfortable. I did to start with, but I've really got into calling my daddy in heaven. My dad in heaven. My dad on earth was okay. You know, he was, was a good dad. It's all right. But I've got a dad in heaven. I've got a dad in heaven that I come to in the mornings now. Hey, dad. It's just great. It's just great to know him as a dad. And I know it's challenging, but it's only by doing it again and again every day and a couple of times a day that it's just got into my my heart and my language. It's just a real pleasure. So God wants my prayers to be daddy. Abba, Daddy. And he wants it to be personal. Hey, Dad, did you see what I did yesterday? Hey, Dad, you see what I've been up to? Hey, Dad, skin my knee. <laughs> my knees are a bit achy, Dad. Dad, my, my teeth aren't, aren't, aren't great, Dad. Dad, I'm losing my hair, Dad. He knows. He's not surprised by it, but he wants to be included in it, which is just wonderful. He wants us to cry out and be passionate. Cry out, be passionate. Dad, help. This is not good. Am I finding this hard? Help me, Dad. I'm not saying, Dad, would you? Could you? If it be your will. No. Dad, help me. Help me. Now, now and again, I might be saying, Dad, I want. Can I have some more chocolate, Dad? Uh, can I stay up late, Dad? Can I watch this movie, Dad? Can I? And he might be saying, no, sir, you can't. Or he might be withholding something that actually he knows he's got something better for me in the future. Or he knows that actually his provision for me is perfect. And he wants us to cooperate with his Holy Spirit in partnership in Romans 8.26, it says this, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with words and groans, etc. <laughs> Amazing. Eh? Amazing. That's what he wants to do. He intercedes for us, the Holy Spirit. And when you're praying in tongues and so forth, you don't know what you're saying. But the Spirit knows what you need. And the Spirit, therefore, prays to Dad in heaven on our behalf. Huh. Can I trust in that? Wholeheartedly. I don't know what he's praying, but I know he loves me so much. It must be great. So cooperating with God is really, really wonderful because he's a loving father. Step three, 
Look inward to Jesus living inside of me. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourselves to see whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realise that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you failed the test. So uh, let, let's cover one thing here. The test. What's the test? It's not an exam. It's not your GCSEs. It's not an A-level. What it is, what was the test? The test was step one. Did you look back at the cross and see salvation? Did we look back at the cross and for you, was that real, that the blood of Christ washed you clean? That all of your sins are now paid for completely and you are set free? And that the Holy Spirit in you cries out, Abba, Father, if you are, you've passed the test. All you've done is receive the free gift. If you're not feeling that and if you don't know that, then we have another prayer to pray if you want to pray it, and that is to pray a prayer of recognition to God the Father who sent the Son to die for you, and that you need to repent of the sin that he died for and give your life to Jesus so that you could live for him in the future and today, and that the Holy Spirit would come into you, enable you to live that life. That's what needs to happen. Because the test is, am I saved? Am I a child of God? And if you are, you know, you know, you know. Why? Because the Spirit confirms it in your heart. And here we're saying, Jesus, in that walk, what I want you to do is look into me with a degree of intimacy. There's a slide that's come up and it says, into me see. All right. And it's a, just another way of looking at intimacy. Why? Because he knows. <laughs> he knows what uh, you've done. He knows what I've done. He knows what we've been up to. He knows that we've been lazy. He knows. In Rick's uh, first sermon uh, that we, we played in church uh, a few weeks ago now, four weeks ago now, uh, he said, are you reading your Bible every day? And if you're not, if you're not, it's because you don't care enough. Are we doing the studies every day? Are we following this agenda because God is our God? This is not a social club. This is the reality of in me, Jesus in me, into me see, Lord. In Proverbs 28, verse 13, it says, you will never succeed in your life if you hide your sins. Confess them, give them up, then God will show mercy to you. He knows them anyway. He lives in you. He was there when you did it. He knows our thoughts, our desires better than we know ourselves. So here we have the opportunity to ask God, look, put your hand on the area that you want me to change on most. And Holy Spirit, please come and enable me to put away the old man and live in the new one, which is Christ Jesus. Help me to do that. Loving, loving Father. And how do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and in prayer. So then we have a look at step four. I look around and ask the Holy Spirit to use me. Now, this is one of those adventure pieces. Some of you are just thinking, yes, I know what you mean. I'm walking down the streets and someone's, uh, I get the prompting to give a beggar some money. I'm walking down the streets and I just know that I'm supposed to pray for someone. I'm woken up in the morning to pray for someone in the middle of the night. I'm cooperating with the Holy Spirit and to pray. One of the most dangerous prayers you can pray is, Holy Spirit, come and use me today to forward your kingdom. And I will, by faith, take steps 
of obedience. How else do miracles happen than we pray for the sick? How do miracles happen if we don't pray for the blind? How do miracles happen in people's lives for them to be set free from captivity if we don't talk the word of truth to them? This is where we can see the miracles happen and where the kingdom can advance. Asking the Holy Spirit to move in us amazingly to do great acts of service. It's like doing DIY with dad. Most young children love to do a bit of DIY with their dads. So doing DIY with your dad is just a wonderful thing. And we have a dad who's brilliant at DIY. He created the whole universe. He can make anything. And here he is saying, hey, if you ask me, I'll bless you. If you ask me, I'll be there with you. I'm there anyway, but actually this way we cooperate and you become the tools in my hands. So uh, in Romans 6.13, it says, give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you, since you've been given a new life and you want to be used as tools in the hands of God, used for his good purposes. He is building his kingdom and he wants to use you and he's creating and crafting a kingdom of salvation in our midst. And what a wonderful privilege it is to do DIY with Dad, to help fix people's lives, how to break chains. It's just a glorious privilege. And number five, look forward to my future in faith. Philippians 1.6, and I'm sure that God, who began the good work within you, will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until the task within you is finally finished on that day when Christ returns. Step five is looking forward to a glorious future, a glorious future of a, of a meeting with Jesus face to face. Uh, whether that's me falling asleep or when his return comes, I'm going to have eternity worshipping and glorifying with my father in heaven. What a wonderful thing. Looking forward. I'm running a race of perseverance. I'm running that race for the glorious finish line, which is meeting Christ at a new beginning. Just wonderful. So those are our five steps. Number one, looking back to the cross and all that God did for me. Number two, looking up to daddy's face and saying, dad, dad, it's just so good to spend time together. And he's saying, great, it's about time you came back and spent some time. Why don't you just sit with me? I don't know what to say, Lord. I don't know what to say, dad. He said, okay, let's just hang out for a bit. <sighs> Number two, Look in me. Look in me. How, how do you want to change me? What should I do to change? How can I cooperate with God to be that righteous, holy person? Step four, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? What DIY should we do? What sort of amazing miracles can I see? And step five, what a future I have in Christ. What a wonderful future. So those are our five dimensions. I hope you've enjoyed them. Uh, they've certainly thrilled me over the last few weeks as I've got deeper and deeper into calling Dad Daddy. Just a lovely, lovely thing. Uh, we're coming to the close of our time. Uh, we're going to look forward to seeing you next week at uh, 10 o'clock in the same sort of way. Uh, another preacher will be on doing uh, exactly the same again. Um, 
the, uh, the, the uh, chat room will stay open for an extra 30 minutes. You'll find other resources online that should help. Why don't we just uh, take a moment and uh, close in prayer. Daddy, I just thank you that you delight in spending time with us. You're the dad who always has time for his children. Time to care for them and time to help them to grow. And dad, we commit our praying in five dimensions with you this week. Help us to grow in prayer and fellowship. Lord, bless us in the times of trials that we're currently facing. We know you know and you have plans for us. So, Dad, we thank you. Come and have your way. Help us to enjoy peace at this time, enjoy at this time, and feed deeply on your word at this time. We pray for this in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.